Back in high school I dated a robot named COVID-19. Nice guy. March 13th Gabriel is at the Washington Center in Olympia, Washington. March 19th to 22 he's at Liquid Laughs in Boise, Idaho. He's a bunch of other places too, but that's all I am telling you about. Go to GabrielRutledge.com for all of his dates. Now it's time to relax, laugh, and learn nothing. Episode 56 of Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge starts right now. And now here's your host, Gabriel Rutledge. Check, check. Well, I hope that I don't fall in love with you. Check, 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 check. Oh, it's late in life, but I think I'm getting into Tom Waits. I always hated people who like Tom Waits because they seem like pretentious people. Uh, but uh, I listened. To, I listened to some Tom Waits, and uh, I kind of liked it. You can't really sing along to Tom Waits because it's you know, it's like a Muppet, a deep voiced Muppet. But uh, he has an album that came out the year I was born. Uh, it's really like a love letter to alcohol. And uh, maybe that's why I like it. Uh, but uh, anyway, I kind of like it. Have you ever had that thing in life where you're like, ah, oh, shit, I like this now? Um, but really, it's a little overwhelming. Like, let's say, let's say I wanted to be a big Tom Waits fan. Uh, you know, there's too much. It's like, what am I going to do? Buy 40 fucking albums? Probably not, but I'm going to listen to that one song a lot. Um, bu- 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 I'm home. Just me and the cats right now. Don? Buddy? Yeah, they're sleeping. Nocturnal little shits. Up banging shit around all night. Um, are you anxious? Are you stressed out? Yeah, me too. Uh, it's weird. It's weird to be a human during this uh, this uh, coronavirus uh, crisis that isn't exactly a crisis. At least we're most of us live but it might be uh yeah it's weird. the the only thing i have to compare to and it's not a very good comparison is uh after 911 and i'm not comparing the tragedies but i just mean like it's a it's sort of an unspoken thing hanging over everyone's head uh when you're talking to strangers or people you know but, uh, yeah, not to compare, you know, coronavirus is like something we're afraid might happen and 9-11 was a thing that did happen. Uh, so th- obviously there is a, there is a difference. Um, I don't know. I'm not any smarter than anyone else. Uh, I've been, uh, watching some Dr. Drew videos to calm me down cause he's, uh, he's got some videos, uh. Let me have a little bit of coffee. Mm. I actually like my coffee uh, like I like my women, with a 
less than 2% death rate. Hmm? Uh, Dr. Drew, he's got some videos out there that are like really coming down on the media for freaking everyone out and saying, yes, it's a thing, but it's also everyone's panicking and that it's not really necessary. And uh, they made me feel a little better. Uh, and Dr. Drew used to host a show called Celebrity Rehab, and most of the people on that show are dead now, so he clearly knows what he's doing. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know what <clears throat> part of our little lizard brain, uh, a pandemic taps into, but people are freaking the fuck out. Um... In weird ways. Like toilet paper? What? What does that even have to do with anything? I know someone who I don't think listens to this podcast. I know someone waited in line before Costco opened because they were told there would be a new shipment of Costco toilet paper coming in, because Costco was out. So they waited in line before it opened. They said with 75 other people just waiting in front of Costco, like Taylor Swift tickets were about to go on sale. And then they opened the Costco, and they, the toilet paper wasn't there yet. And so then she went across the street and bought toilet paper at Walmart. A Walmart that is open 24 hours. A Walmart she could have gone to at any time if she needed toilet paper. I don't... You can get toilet paper at a 7-Eleven. Like, I don't know what happens in our human little lizard brains that goes... There's a... There's a virus people are getting. I must have Kirkland Signature Toilet Paper. It's the only way I will be safe. I do not understand what happens. Uh, you know, I guess I am judging a little bit, but, like, I get it. We're freaked out. Uh, but, yeah, I don't even get that. I don't... Or even the bottled water, which I guess it's never a bad idea to have some backup bottled water, but no one's suggesting the water supply is going to be an issue. But I guess it's something to control. We don't know what's going to happen. But we can at least have enough toilet paper to wipe our corona-y ass uh, for the next six years. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. It's, a, it's kind of a weird time to do comedy. Uh Actually, I wasn't even sure uh, if people would be showing up, but so far, I mean, I, I was at the comedy. I did a show this week in uh, Silverdale, Washington, that was sold out. Only like 70 people in the room, but it sold out. And then uh, I was at the Comedy Underground, and it was down. You know, I I didn't, there weren't as many people there as uh, uh, normal, but it, you know, the show still happened. My, my Olympia show next week, March 13th, please buy tickets. Uh, it's definitely down. Like, I'm not, I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but I usually draw, like, 500 people, and I that seems wildly optimistic. I think, 
uh, I think right now I'm at 360 people. And usually the last week you do sell a lot of tickets, but like it's down, you know. Um, but uh, the people who do come out to a comedy show, they're pretty fun, you know. When the world's a little tense, it feels good to laugh. Uh, but it definitely, it, uh, a lot of comics weren't even addressing it. I noticed they would just go right into their set, but I did feel like, I mean, you got to say something, right? Oh, I appreciate a crowd who is here against medical advice. I love it. They're like, might be time to avoid crowds. You're like, they don't mean basements. There was a time, I'm older than a lot of you. There was a time in the history of the world we thought uh, that the internet was going to make our lives better. That has not fucking panned out. <laughs> we're like, we'll have all the information. And now we're like, we have too much fucking information. <laughs> That's all the internet is right now. You're going to be fine or you'll die. <laughs> You probably won't catch it. Or you will. <laughs> this is my point. At least the dinosaurs got to die surprised. <laughs> we don't get that. <laughs> Our last words are going to be, I saw an article about this. <laughs> Actually, just the headline. Didn't even read it. Oh. <laughs> But you know what? Sometimes you need a crisis to realize what's important to you. And I realized something this week I'd never known before. Uh, I love touching my face. I fucking love it! I love it! It's so important to me! I just took it for granted! It's one of my main passions! I want to do it right now! Even if you touch your face, you'll be fine. Or you won't. You know, uh, sadly, if they tell people not to uh, be around large crowds, my career will uh, probably be fine. Uh, if they start telling people to avoid small crowds, it's going to hurt Gabriel Rutledge Industries. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm not uh, – I guess I'm not, I'm not worried about uh, – getting it obviously i don't want it or people i know to have it especially because there's a stigma right now like if you're the guy or girl or any of the other 13 genders who has uh coronavirus right now and it's like it's almost like this there's shame it's like a scarlet letter like well this person had it and now these people can't Talk to other people. That, you know what I mean? That's like, it's a weird thing right now. It's like when uh, uh, someone at your work has the flu and then you get the flu and you're pissed at that person. It's that times a thousand. Uh, you know, because I'm not in the medical category that would probably be in too much trouble. But uh, I'm more worried about the, uh, the economic impact of... Uh, not just lower ticket sales for my show, that's survivable, but um, 
you know, they canceled South by Southwest in Austin, big music and comedy and movie festival. And uh, said three, $300 million impact on that area. Um, you know, there's places in, there's part of Italy right now that's just like on lockdown. You can't come in, you can't leave. Uh, if that happened here in, uh, you know, if, for example, Washington State was not allowed to, uh, come or go, uh, yeah, like a lot of other people, I'm pretty fucked, you know? I mean, think of any business. If no one went to that business for two weeks, most businesses aren't going to survive that. You know, whatever it is, a restaurant, uh, a, a toy store, uh, a comedy club, a movie theater, you know. Or if it's not no one goes for two weeks, but business is down 75% for a month, a lot of businesses don't make it out of that. And uh, so, yeah, I'm worried about that. I think I'd be crazy not to be. I don't have any control over it. Um, but uh, I'm uh, I'm the kind of worried that you would call dad worried, um, which is the worst kind of worried, where, you know, you uh, – it's funny. I think, uh, I think my family breaks down to some very uh, stereotypical things. Where my wife is, uh, most of what my wife knows about the coronavirus is shit that I've told her, <laughs> because she's done. She's in. She is a day to day, run the family person. She's got a lot of shit to do. She's got. She knows she can't control it. She's uh, doing what she needs to do. And uh, I'm more. Big picture. What does this mean? You know, I'm the breadwinner. That's the stereotypical thing I have in my family. So I'm like, fuck, how does this, you know, if this doesn't blow over, uh, you know, well, it's not blowing over, but you know what I mean? It depends what the impact is. But I, I, I have to, I don't have to think, but I tend to think worst case scenario where I'm just like, ah, fuck, you know. If I don't work for a couple months or I work very little for a couple months, you know, I'm one of uh, a lot of the, you know, millions of people are in the same boat I am. But you know what I mean? It's not like, look, you work for Amazon. They tell you to telecommute from home. Fine. That's one thing. But uh, I don't have that kind of job, you know. So, you know, I'm not freaking out. I'm not panicking. But like, yes, I'm fucking concerned. Um, and then you also like, you know, you see what, what, uh, what China did, what Italy is doing, um, as far as quarantining and cutting off travel and all that. And, uh, you're, I'm like, well, we're not doing that here. Uh, is that, that seems in some ways to be a bad idea. Um, uh, not, you know, I don't know. I don't know enough. I also know that, um, you know, that's the problem is it's like, uh, like, like I said in the joke, there's a lot of information 
you know, people will share an article about how uh, this is going to be like the 1918 flu and millions of people across the world are going to die. And then people will share an article that's like, if you canceling your travel plans right now, you're a fucking idiot. And uh, so I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I do know the president is dumb. And uh, don't get me wrong. If Obama was in there, would the response to this be better? Probably not. I'm not saying that. But I just mean he's not <laughs> He's not a smart man. He's not. Like the president's job is to go, hey, all right, there's a crisis. No one panic. Most of us are going to be fine. Uh, we're doing, we're working with officials. Everything is going to be okay. That's what you would like out of a president, party aside. But instead, Trump just goes, it's a hoax. That's his version of don't panic. It's a hoax. You know. So uh, it's uh, it's very, uh, I mean, I guess it's comical. It's sad, but it's also comical when you just watch a press conference and he's like, oh, we're a couple of months away from a vaccine. And then a scientist uh, comes up to the microphone to interrupt him. That's not, no, we're not. At least a year, year and a half. Well, people are saying, people are saying this, your science expert guy just said it's not happening. Like, wow. I'm jealous to live your life. Inside Donald Trump's head must be fucking amazing. Just a life, uh, I guess it's because he was a rich kid and a rich adult, but just like a life where no one ever disagrees with you. And if they do, you just repeat the law. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Vaccine's a couple months away. Uh, no, it's a year and a half away. Like I said, a lot of people are saying it's two months away. <laughs> just shocking. Uh, I don't, I'm not saying what he's done is making anything worse or any better. I just mean his general tone is that of a incredibly stupid person. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I get sometimes I under, I, mean, I almost understand why more conservative people like Trump because he pisses off the people that they also don't like. But, uh, I think you have to admit you wouldn't want him to be the boss of your company. Uh, because he's so, he, He's a lunatic who's dumb, and that's a dangerous combination. Uh, but yeah, that's not even that's not even politics. That's not, that's not even about policy. That's just like, what a raving moron. Uh, and also, I'm like I said, I'm jealous. I, I want to be able to say whatever I want, and uh, not only have enough people just believe everything I say, but believe it myself. You know. To go to the doctor and weigh myself. If the, doc if the doctor's like, you need to lose weight, and I could be like, well, people are saying I don't. And the doctor would be like, no, I mean, you're not morbidly obese, but, you know, to be healthier, you should lose weight. And I'm like, well, people are saying I'm actually at the perfect weight. What a way to live your life. What a way. So yeah, I don't I'm not saying this is not a serious issue, but of course I think the panic has made it worse. And uh 
we can blame the internet. We can blame uh, the news. Those are both justified, but uh, we are the internet. Like, what we do to each other uh, has made this worse. Uh, you know, it's like, I don't know what the internet's like. It's like a beehive that's starting to panic. Do you know what I mean? We're just, we, you know, the amount of disinformation we share with each other, even if it's accurate information. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's, what's the point of sharing an article to all your friends about how bad it might be? What does that do to the general psyche of, you know, it's no wonder we're all so goddamn anxious. You know, a, a plumber and an electrician and a teacher and a comedian don't need to be arguing on Facebook about mortality rate and infectious diseases. It's not our fucking lane. We don't know what we're talking about. Hello. This is a commercial word for Anchor Podcast, the easiest way to host your podcast. Um, if you don't have a podcast, congratulations. You probably have an enjoyable life full of friends, family, and fun. Uh, but if you do have a podcast, um, I'm sorry, and you should use Anchor Podcasts. Uh, it's easy. It's free. Uh, they distribute everything for you. They give you sponsorship, which apparently it's just talking about anchor i guess that's their sponsorship but i don't want to brag but i make you know maybe six bucks a month doing this so worth it of course it is uh go to anchor.fm or the anchor app we now return to another riveting episode of the rutledges here's a fun fact you know this i mean you, you know I know math math can freak you out or calm you down, but you can also just make it mean whatever you want. The mortality rate for the popula population is 0.95%. It's almost 1%. That's like if you're not sick or you're sick with anything. I don't mean the mortality rate of the flu or cancer. Or, no matter what, from healthy to to unhealthy the mortality rate is one percent you know that's that's i'm not saying that's calming but it's also like you know what i mean like point nine five people out of a thousand i think that's how that works are dying right now of something it's probably not coronavirus. So yeah, you know, math can scare the fuck out of you, but that's just because we don't look at it normally. Even those people, I'm not saying it's no, because I don't, you know, when people are like, well, it's only old people that are going to die. What do you hate, old people? I know old people. I don't want them to die. You know, but uh, what's the what's the mortality rate of people in a nursing home already? Can't be good. No one's like I lived in a nursing home and then I got out and had my own condo for the last 20 years of my life. That's that's the last place those people are going to live. That's, you know, that's how death works. Uh, and again, I'm not saying it's nothing. I'm not like, oh, who cares if everyone in a nursing home dies of coronavirus? They had a good life. I'm not saying that. But it's just, you know, we uh, 
<clears throat> we panic about things that are new to us, and we dismiss things we already know. I don't know what that is about our dumb human brains, but and I'm not I'm not judging anyone. I'm I'm anxious too. Uh, and sometimes it's just you know, there's like a story people were sharing from NBC News that Seattle is a ghost town. And then it's like all these comments. No, it's not. And it's not. Look, I, uh, Friday, I went to the Comedy Underground, zero traffic, got a really good parking spot. Were there less people in the city? Yes. Is it a ghost town? Absolutely not. Do you know what I mean? It's like, whatever. It's down 20, 30%, and that makes a big difference. But it's still like, you know, it's not a ghost town. Why Why do we have to make it? You know, I saw another article that was like, SeaTac uh, Airport uh, looks like a hospital ward. It might not have been an article. It might have been like someone famous who tweeted something. Like, I've been in SeaTac a lot in the last few weeks. Look, there's some people in masks, but it's not a fucking hospital ward. It's not. Why do we? Why do we make bad things worse? I don't understand that. And I'll tell you this, uh I just rebooked three flights I had on Southwest Airlines. I'm Southwest isn't paying me to say this. I am an A-list member. I'm a big fan of Southwest Airlines. I'm not even kidding. People talk shit about it all the time. I think it's by far the best airline. The only negatives of Southwest Airlines is it's hard to get one-way tickets places. They like to show you the country before they drop you off at your destination. And uh, they like to be funny. I don't like a funny announcement. Do you know what I mean? I don't like a, you know, I don't like one of those like, in the unlikely event of a water landing, I know I wouldn't have come to work today. <laughs> All right, just say the fucking announcements. Uh, but other than that, Southwest Airlines, uh, no ticket change fee, no baggage fee for up to two bags. So what that means is uh, if you cancel your flight, they just give you credit. So I had three flights booked. I canceled all of them, rebooked all of them for a savings of $470. I saved 470 bucks today rebooking flights. Uh, hopefully I'll get to go to those locations <laughs> in the future. But, uh, you know, I, gas prices are going down and uh, flights are real fucking cheap right now. Um, you know, even in a crisis, someone makes money. Uh, hand sanitizer people are killing it right now. I was in Calgary, where at least at that time there was one single case of uh, coronavirus in the province, and they were out of hand sanitizer at the drugstore I went to. Uh, but yeah, I was at the airport. I've been in airports. There, look, there's some people in masks. Also, Asian people are always in masks. At the airport. There's more now, but like that's not even new. Uh, you know, I, my annoyances with the airport are the same as they always are. It's got nothing to do with a potential pandemic. My annoyances with the airport are uh, you should be quarantined if you do FaceTime without headphones. You shouldn't be allowed to be around other people. I mean, I notice the airlines now are like, if you're watching a screen, you need headphones, and thank God. 
But yeah, there was, you know, I'm trying to get my Dunkin' Donuts coffee and where was I? If it was Dunkin' Donuts, it wasn't Seattle. But somewhere I was getting Dunkin' Donuts coffee and the guy in front of me in line, his kid FaceTimes him. So, you know, I get to see the kid too. No headphones. And he was doing that like weird dad voice. Like, hey, buddy. Huh? How you doing? How are you and mommy? Oh, yeah, daddy misses you. I'll be home later. Let me talk to you, dads. Let me talk to you, dads. What the fuck? Whenever I hear a dad with that voice, look, look I know there's a natural inclination. There's a na there's a biological reason you kind of use a higher voice around small children and babies. There's a reason. You know what I mean? I don't know. They hear it better. I get it. But when I hear a dad talk to their kids like, hey, buddy, help. I'm like, you're a shitty dad. You're a shitty dad. That's the voice of a dad who is not involved in his children's life. That's an uncle voice. Hey, buddy, huh? You having a, how, was, how was school? How'd your soccer game go, huh? Like that's... Talk to your children like they're humans. What the fuck is that voice? Hey, can I talk to mommy? Is mommy there? Then mommy gets on the phone. Hey, how's it going? How are the kids? Who's this? Who's this character? Who's this normal voiced character who talks to mom like a human? And then when their five-year-old gets on, hey, are you wearing your jammies? Yeah. No, daddy's just getting coffee and talking really loudly. No headphones. Your dad's a bit of a prick. Yeah. All right, little buddy, huh? All right. Yuck. Don't understand that. It's the it's the voice that sometimes people use for uh, special needs people or uh, people who don't speak their language. Uh, but they do it on their own children. Hey. Gross. I hate it. I don't understand. I'm not saying this like I'm a good dad. I'm a pretty good dad when I'm around. But there's some real weird dad shit that I don't understand. Like, uh. This is a long way to go, but my wife and I, were uh, we were watching Love is Blind on Netflix, which, look, a lot of people watch that show. No one feels good when they're done. You know what I mean? No one's like, ah, oh. it's not like the Sopranos finale where you're like, man, really glad I invested my time in such a quality show. No, Love is Blind is so stupid, but it's so watchable. And you're, you know, if you haven't seen it, it's, you know, they they talk to people and it's a dating show. They talk to people in pods without seeing them, and they fall in love, and then they get to see him. And, you know, they were supposed to get married. The whole thing took six weeks. But you're watching this show like some of the couples are more likable than others, and you're rooting for couples like, oh, I hope they get married. And then they're like, wait a minute. They've known each other five weeks. They shouldn't be getting married. What am I rooting for? But anyway, the reason I thought about the dad thing is one of the people um, – took uh, her new fiance. Look, Dad, I met a guy in a pod on a reality show. Some say he love. 
Uh, and he was like a real dick. He got nicer later towards the wedding part of it, but he was like, well, it was almost like, what are your intentions with my daughter? Aren't you going to ask my permission? You know, I'll try to get to know you, but I don't. And I was just like, look, the odds that I'm going to love the people, my daughters or son end up dating slash marrying the odds that I'm going to think they're all terrific people aren't great, but I'm, it's not my fucking business. You know, if somebody asked my permission to marry my daughter, fine. I get the tradition of that, but like, who cares what I think? I'm not moving in with you guys. I'm not like, you know, like, well, you better take care of my fucking daughter. Like what? This might be crude. And I apologize, but it's my podcast. But like, <laughs> my daughter's vaginas aren't precious little flowers. They are a part of their body that they will, you know, maybe give birth out of, they will pee out of, and they will use for sex. Okay? It's... It's a great potter at human body, but it's just, you know, it's no more precious than a fucking elbow. I don't have to, like, protect my daughters. You know, of course I am fear for my daughter's safety when you see statistics like one out of every whatever women are sexually assaulted. I'm not talking about that, but I mean, if they're going to date someone, if they're going to, like, what the fuck? Why am I even involved? Like, I hope I raise them in a way they don't pick an asshole. You know, I don't want them to pick a partner based on their daddy issues. But like, well, you better get my permission. Fuck that. Fuck that. Do what you want. I hope you pick somebody good. I hope they have a, a wonderful, fulfilling sex life. Okay? I don't know why this weird thing where we still treat our daughters like they're these fucking little butterfly flowers. Uh, really weird. And don't get me wrong. I, you know, I'm not like throwing my daughters to the wolves like you're on your own. But it's like, it's just really weird to me that like, of course, I'm always going to be protective of my daughters. But when they're adults, this person talking to their dad with her new fiance was in her fucking 30s. I think. At least late 20s. If if my 28-year-old daughter brought a 28-year-old fiance to meet me and I was like, well, what are your intent? Come on. Come on. That's ridiculous. Who cares? Do what you want. Well, I'll, I'll make an effort to get to know you, but right now I'm a little concerned. What the fuck are we even talking about? Or that thing, I mean, we don't have a big enough house to do it, but that thing where, like, some people go back to visit their parents as adults and their parents won't let them and their girlfriend, boyfriend sleep in the same room. Are you kidding me? You raised children in that house your whole life and you banged each other while your children slept in other rooms. The parents fuck in the bed their whole life. 
And then when their kid goes to college and brings like a boyfriend back, as a parent, you go like, no, the only people who fuck in this house are me and your mom. What the fuck? <sighs> anyway. Hey, buddy. Hi. I've actually had a lot of jokes I wanted to do about my daughters. I have done jokes about my daughters, but I've, I've had ones I wanted to do that made. It's different, you know. I had I had jokes about when my son was little. I had a joke about him trying to stick a Hot Wheels car in his butt. Oh, everyone laughed. It was a good time. You know? Um And then I I had a joke about I used to have this bit where I read text messages my wife had sent me about my children over the years. And uh this one, some of those are this was like word for word, our actual text exchange, but I had to stop doing it because it was like, it made, it would kill or make people uncomfortable. And when it, when it made people uncomfortable, I felt uncomfortable. I felt them judging me. I judged myself, but it's like a real fucking thing that happened. Uh, I, te <laughs> Christy texted me, um, just had to tell your daughter she can't put toys in her vagina. I texted Christy back and I said, that's not fair. You put toys in yours all the time. That is a 100% true text exchange we had that, like I said, sometimes it would get a huge laugh and sometimes the room would just turn on me. Like, how dare you? And I'm just like, all right, okay. Say whatever you want about boys. Make any joke you want about their fucking penis. I had some of those too. God forbid. We in some way insinuate that a daughter is somehow and someday going to grow up and be a sexual human being. You know, it's uh, I don't know what's going on with humans about that, but uh, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix that. Uh, I'm going to fix this coronavirus thing. I've been talking to Trump. We're minutes away from a vaccine. Uh, and. Uh, we're going to get to the bottom of this. I know a comedian trapped on a fucking cruise ship right now. I won't say her name because maybe she doesn't want people to know. But uh, there's a cruise ship that I, as of right now, has not landed. I think they're going to land in Oakland. And there's, like, people on the boat who have uh, tested positive for coronavirus. That's another thing. Trump was like, oh, I don't want that boat to land. That's going to throw off my numbers. Yeah, it's about you. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, – I know that comedian. I wonder if they kept making her do shows. You know, when you're doing your eighth show for a quarantine fucking ship. Uh, I hope they keep paying her. I hope she gets off. But even if you get off, I think they're going to have to be somewhat quarantined for a while. So that's a fucking nightmare. That's the other thing. I don't do cruise ships, but, you know – with the possibility of like travel and stuff being shut down, I don't want that to happen when I'm gone. I, I need to be able to get back. Uh, there was a guy. Uh, there was a guy on a cruise ship. I don't know. Last month, I'll say his name. It's public record. His name is Frank King. I guess he lives in Eugene, Oregon. I don't. I never heard of him. 
I thought I knew, I know most comedians, or at least I've heard of them, but this guy, he did cruise ships, he did corporates, and he did like TED Talks about humor and suicide. And this guy was like on a ship somewhere, they got quarantined, they finally, they landed in I think Vietnam or something, then they were quarantined in a hotel. He snuck out. Which, uh, he snuck out, flew home, and then I don't know what he was thinking. He was like literally on the news, like, yeah, I snuck out, I had to leave the hotel, uh, I flew here, I got stopped, but I got in, and then he like, you know, I didn't follow this guy originally, but I went and looked on like Twitter and Facebook, and he was like posting links to the news article, to the news story, and he's like, I'm back, I got out, I'm like, what, what do you think is going to happen? And of course, he got fired from the cruise ship, he lost a bunch of corporate gigs, you know, if you go to his, under the post on Facebook where he's like, I'm back, it was just dozens of comments like, fuck you, you piece of shit, what are you thinking, I hope you die, I hope you never get another gig, you know, uh, so I do, I feel kind of bad. I mean, obviously he shouldn't have snuck out. And I think also two days after he snuck out, they let everyone out. So he fucked up bad. But I was just like, man, you, if you are going to sneak out, don't tell anyone. Uh, But I did, you know, also he's clearly struggled with suicidal thoughts. And I'm like, this isn't going to help. Uh, Hopefully it leads to another TED Talk. You fucked up. Now what? My TED Talk. Well, people said they missed my podcast. Um, I bet you don't now. No, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of topics today. We went from uh, coronavirus to vaginas to marriage, back to coronavirus, and uh, we're going to call it good. Uh, thanks for listening. This podcast is free, and it's worth it. Talk to you next time. Funny thing.
Your lost face Cause I'll have another round 